It's me, DJ Envy, with the word of the day. Subscribe. That's it. That's the word. The Alive Podcast Network is global streaming platform that curates the best black creative content in one spot. Just for you, tap in today for $5 in iOS, Android, and AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Finally, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Well, well, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are now tuning into the Positive Deposit podcast where we transform minds to change lives. And, you know, um, it's a, it's an honor to have this guest on today um, because we, we share a lot of commonalities, commonality, excuse me, um, with having stage four uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. Um, and um, before we get started, because I'm really excited about this because uh, he's very motivational. I see his videos on Instagram, you know, and it's uh, it's inspiring. I'm about to get on that hill. I definitely am going to get on the hill. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I want to give this opportunity for you to, you know, introduce yourself, uh, Mike, and tell a little bit about yourself, and, and we'll get right into the conversation. Oh, uh, well, Mike Hill, I am the founder of Dog Culture, LLC. Uh, like, like Presley said, I am a stage four cancer conqueror. Um, I was diagnosed in 2011. Uh, I was playing arena football at the time. And I went through a series of, of chemo treatments and then doctors started to tell me that, you know, it wasn't looking good and I should take a cruise. And I actually heard a couple of times that, hey, you're going to die soon. So me being a football player, there's something called like a dog mindset, right? And it's the, the, the motto is kill or be killed. And I was literally in a situation where it was kill or be killed. So I had to take that approach and I had to shift my mindset from football to cancer. And I said, no matter what happens, if it's an obstacle, I'm gonna run right through it. And um, we'll probably get into it more, but long story short, I've been through um, over 50 chemo treatments, um, stem cell transplant. Wow. And in 2013, you know, I, I received my own stem cells a new immune system, and I've been trucking ever since. Um, and so I created Dog Culture. And do you want me to get into how that started? Or? I mean, we, I'm going to take you back, but I mean, yeah, yeah. This, okay. this, 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 that, you just said, uh, you said uh, 50. Now, see, I thought I was going through something. I only had to do 12, so you did 50. So we're going to jump into oh, that. So, so All right, let me, let me clear it up. It was about 50. Okay. Because um, it was about three years. And okay, over three years. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that. So, where were you at when you first got diagnosed, man? You know, I I know you said in your in your bio, you know, you're about 25. Like, were you just coming out of college? You were working. Like, how did you find out about your diagnosis? Okay, so I graduated college um, in 2007, and I was in the the mini camp with the Redskins. So as a kid the dream is to go to the NFL. So right. I'm there and I'm like, boom, I ain't going home. Then I got cut, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I transitioned into arena football, right? 
Okay. And so my dream is still there. I'm still talking to scouts and um, teams like, yo, you need to lose some weight. I'm like, cool. Okay, I'll play arena. I'll use this platform to get back. So my What position first, did you play? Oh, I played safety. Oh, so he had to put the my, – my guns ain't there yet, but, yeah, that's safety. <laughs> <laughs> I played safety. And um, so I transit I – mean, I'm sorry. So the first year I did really good. And then my second year, um, my body was acting a little weird. So I would put my pads on. And I would just immediately start itching. And I had dreads at the time. So I'm like, all right, maybe it's the dreads. And, and um, eventually I cut my hair. Just like going crazy. I was like, I don't know. I got lice. I don't know. I just cut it. Yeah. And yeah. it got like, it kept coming. It got worse. And I kept playing. But then like my reaction time was off. And then eventually, um, so in arena, we had practice at 12 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah. I was falling asleep behind the wheel going to and from practice. So I would be driving beltway, come off the curb, hit the curb, wake up, fall back asleep. And eventually I was like, well, maybe I don't love football because now I'm at practice and I'm not really feeling it because I don't understand what's going on with my body. So right. mid-season, I retire. So I'm like kind of depressed and I'm working out still, but I just like, like, did I really give up on my dream? Like, I'm feeling like I don't, like, I'm not a, the type of guy that gives up, but I just couldn't play anymore. So yeah. I'm working out one day and I'm pushing some weight, and I feel like a, a pull in my neck. And um, so it was like I was military pressing 225. So I was like, okay, maybe it's because the weight was too heavy. So I came home, put ice on it, kept it moving, and really never thought of it again. The knot never went away. So this yeah. is like October. December comes, it's still there, and I just think, you know, I got to pull a muscle with it. That's what it is. So um, I get sick. December 31st, 2010, I get sick and I go into the hospital because I had asthma growing up, right? Yeah. So side story, when I was born, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck and wow. the doctor told my mom, because I didn't breathe for like two weeks. They were like, oh, if he makes it, he'll be brain dead. So I tell people I was, I was born fighting, like born fighting for my first breath. So I go there and I get on my little breathing machine and right before I leave, like they was about to release me, I said, can you check out this knot, because I think I pulled a muscle. Right. She touched my neck. Eyes got really big. She left, came back. Like, yeah, we got to admit you. You got to do a biopsy. Wow. I'm, I'm still, I'm like 25. I don't know. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. cool. And, you know, I go in, do the biopsy, and they admit me in the room. And I'm literally thinking, like, I got the flu. I, I just don't know. So they come in, a team of doctors, and they're like, hey, how you doing? Like, I'm cool. And um, they kind of like looking at me like crazy. And I'm like, what's up? And they say, okay, so well, we ran the results of the biopsy yeah. and you have stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. Still don't really know what it is. And I'm like, all right, so I gotta, you know, go to the pharmacy. Like, what, what do I need to do? Yeah. And they was like, nah, it's, it's a little deeper than that. You gotta take chemotherapy. And it kind of hit me because like, I know what chemotherapy means. And I'm yeah. saying, so I say, Chemo is associated with cancer. Right. And she says, well, what you have is a form of cancer. And it's in the last stage, so we have to act fast. And then that's how it comes out. So when you finally put the two and two together, that lymphoma and cancer fall into the same line, what was going through your mind then? I don't think I, I, don't think I like, spoke for about two days. Mm. And I'm, I'm like, you know, high school, I was class clown. I'm the clown of my family. And it was like two days 
but I just didn't like understand. It it wasn't registering. Yeah. And, like my parents were like, You okay? And I was be like, Yeah, I'm straight. And um it did it didn't really sink in until I was like, I got cancer. And then for some reason, I was like, well, this is a challenge, so let's do it. So okay. once I, like, locked in, like, all right, I'm going to take this chemo, and I'm going I'm to beast this joint. And once I got there, maybe two, three days later, I was okay with the challenge. And then that's how everything really started. So what was it? What I mean, you mentioned chemotherapy. What was that treatment cycle like? Was it biweekly? Was it, you know, you had to do radiation as well? Like, what was your treatment treatment like? Right. So I never did radiation. Um and I was I was at Kaiser and Largo, and I did, I think I had to go every day, um, no, not yet. So I did, I think I did two days on and like two days off or something like that for like two yeah. weeks. And um, it started out like really helping because I couldn't go outside in the sun without my body itching and feeling uncomfortable. So I stayed in the house all the time. So after like three or four treatments, I look like I peek my head out the window and yeah. like you kind of like sit in a car and not go crazy. So it was working, but it was like probably like every two days I had to go in. So so just being out in the world, you would just start to itch. Yeah, like I couldn't even I couldn't even chill in the world. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I didn't go outside the house. That would be so annoying, man. That would definitely yeah. be so annoying. So. Outside of that side effect, what were some of the other side effects that, that, that took place? Okay, so it's three major ones. It's, it's chronic itching, um, fatigue, and then night sweats. And the night sweats, it was, like I would have to change my shirt like four times a night. Yo, it's so, so annoying, right? So exactly. Annoying. And it's like, because at first, I didn't know. So I'm like, I'm sweating. This is crazy. So I was sleeping with a fan and a heater. And like, cause I'm cold because yeah. I'm sweating, but then I'm hot. So I had the fan and the heater on and yeah, the night sweats, um, that was annoying. But what I didn't mention in 2010, the itching started January, 2010. I actually yeah. went to several hospitals trying to figure out what it was. And they was like, it's dermatology related. Let, let's change your soap. Let's change your, your, your detergent. And I actually went to Hopkins and they still, like they took skin samples. They still couldn't tell me anything. So I was like literally scratching sores in my legs because it was itching so bad. And I was just bleeding all over the place. My feet, right. my legs, it was crazy. So, I mean, isn't that, isn't that crazy? And I, and I experienced kind of the same thing where like the sweats and I'm thinking like, you know, maybe I got a cold or things of that nature. But these are some of the things that, are some of the symptoms of Hodgkin's lymphoma that if you don't get the, it checked out or you don't know, you're just thinking like it's just common common colds or just, right. you know, you exercise a lot. So, all right, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and right. so uh, um, that's just, that's, that's interesting how it's like you were just itching, but that was a side effect. And if you would have known that before, you could have probably, you know, caught this uh, a lot sooner. Um, yeah. And so, um, so you did the chemo, you finished the treatment, but then you see what I'm saying, like it came back. How, so, how was that? How was that experience? So I'm I'm a little hard headed, right? So I did the, <laughs> Are we I all? Did, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did the chemo. And like once I started being able to go out into the world again, I was like, oh, I can be a regular person. Okay. So something like an individual close to me said, 
because it was it was hurting everything. Like it wasn't just killing. Because you know what the chemo does, it kills the good and the bad cells. Yeah, so yeah. I kept being admitted to the hospital because I had a lot of fluid build up in my lungs. So mm -hmm. like they were draining like 1.5, 1.7 liters of fluid like every couple of days, and I started to get frustrated. And they wouldn't let me leave the hospital because they said my blood pressure was too high. And I was like, I'm fine. So yeah. eventually I took it upon myself to stop taking the chemo, right? So oh, wow. someone suggested maybe you should go this holistic route. And I was like, you okay. know what? I am going to go the holistic route. That was the first time my doctor said I was going to die. She said, if you stop taking this medicine, you'll die. And then I was like, yo, you challenging me? So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool. I'm definitely going to stop now. So I go... And I go this holistic route, and uh, I, I was doing the craziest thing, jumping on trampolines, taking these rocks, um, yeah. no meat. And then four months later, the symptoms came back, like, extremely um, – it was, it was bad. And so I was like, yo, oh, I'm sorry. So I called the doctor, right, the holistic doctor, who picked up my phones all the time. He didn't pick up. I texted him. Hey, Doc, um, my symptoms are back. What should I do? Didn't yeah. respond. Email, call. To this day, has never responded to me, bro. Like, to this day, never responded. So when I went back, you know, I go back, and they got the I told you so face, and I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. And then I start taking the chemo, and then after my um, couple treatments, PET scan, it was like, nothing's, like, it's not changing. And then yeah. that's when... That's when it kind of got a little shit. So, so you're being hard-headed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Going the holistic, you know, um, route. And then you you talked to, and I was reading your bio, and you talked about stem cell transplant. Mm -hmm. you know? um, was that a, that was the cause and effect of, you know, you getting off the treatment and then, you know, it, it becoming worse? Yeah. So, so after I came back and the, and the, the chemo wasn't working. I did about maybe four or five more adriamycins and all this stuff. I did a couple more treatments with Kaiser, and then I went to do the stem cell. Okay. Stem cell. I'm, I'm sorry, the um, bone marrow, because my father was like a half match, and they were like, "Okay, we can do this." So it was set up for me at Hopkins to go for like a week, do my bone yeah. marrow, travel back and forth, and then after I got that last high dosage, I took my PET scan. And then she was like, oh, this is bad. And I'm like, what you mean? She said, it didn't work. And, and, and it's like nothing else we can do. I said, all right, but what, like, what is the next treatment? She's like, no, I'm telling you, there's nothing we can do from here. Wow. And then she said, have you ever been on a cruise? Same doctor who told me I was going to take an L. Have you ever been on a cruise? And I'm like, yeah, why? And she said, maybe you should, you know, go on a cruise and, and see some sights because it's not looking good for you. And then. So wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. She, she already saying, like, it's almost over for you. Right. She, she caught, like, she tried to write me off. It was a wrap. And her, but that's the thing, because doctors only know the statistics. Like, they yeah. only know, like, their facts. And then right. they put those facts on you. And that's what I tell people. You can't let other people's experiences become your truth. Like your truth is your truth no matter what. So when she told me that, that was another challenge. She said, what you gonna do? And the only thing I can say is like, I'm gonna pray. Like, yeah. that's all I can do. I said, and then I said, I'm gonna beat it on my own. So I went about two or three weeks going to the gym, like 
lifting weights, trying to get as strong as I can physically to beat cancer because they said there's nothing else. I said, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to lift weights. That's all I know. And I'm going to, like, really be a dog. I'm going to beat this job. And, bro, when I tell you the late night hours, when the pain set in and it was just me, and I, like, walked my dog at, like, 12 o'clock at night, man, I would break down so many times, and I just, like, wonder why. Like, why? Like, what did I do wrong, bro? And that's the part, because I don't know if you experienced it, but after the chemo, that, like, that's the part that kind of kept me in a place of depression because I, I didn't understand, like, what I did. And yeah. I guess it was, like, that victim mentality, but, like, why me type thing? And I had to get out of that. But I'm sorry, so, fast forward. No, no, you're good. I mean, and you, you talked about your faith and – um then you got into depression. How did you get out of the out of that why me mentality? Because us as men, mental health is really a thing. And sometimes yeah. that alpha man in us will like, no, I don't need to see a therapist. No, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. But you know, for us as survivors, I did like you. I had those moments. Like, yo, why do I have to go through this? And mind you, that this was the second time. But what yeah. what did you do to get out of that mentality? Because that's that's a dark space, man. A really dark space. It it's funny because I didn't I didn't want to get out of that space. Like I wanted to rebel. I wanted to do everything that I wasn't supposed to do. Because like I was born up, I was raised in the church, you know. Yeah. And and I had this, and I don't know how this might come off to other people, but I I had this religious mindset of I got to do X, Y, and Z, and I got to be perfect in order to get blessed. So mm. that was my mindset going through college, like, I got to do everything right to go to the league. So that's what I was doing. And that's where the why me came from. The perspective, my perspective was off. It was like, yo, I've done everything right. How can this happen to me? Right. You know what I'm saying? And, wow. and now I understand that it's not about your works. You know, it's about, like, who you are as a person. And now it's, uh, my perspective is life is going to happen it's just how do you perceive it? If you look at it as this is an opportunity for me to grow, then you don't come from a victim, you know, mindset. You come from a winner's mindset. So now when I approach situations in life, it's like, okay, yes, this happened, but how can I make it benefit? And I didn't get there. I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place. But the way I got out was this. So I'm in a place and my mom was like, yo, you got to tell your story. And I was like, I'm not telling nobody nothing. And <laughs> I started like, randomly bumping in to people who got diagnosed with cancer and i'm yeah. like oh i'm not talking to them but when i hear them like when i hear them talking and i see them break down like it's like i was drawn to them so i would like i would talk I would, yo stage four and this is still from a place of of being you know in that in that dark space but i understood what they needed at the moment so i would go and i would talk to them like look you're gonna be okay because I, I I would tell them straight up, like, don't listen to the doctors, because they told me I was going to die yeah. several times. And I said, you're going to be okay, because I had stage four, and I'm still here. And there's several people that, like, they came back to me, and they cried and hugged me, and, like, you really helped me. And then I'm like, yo, so what, what's it really all about? So now I'm like, I'm understanding that what we go through isn't for us. So then once my mind started to go there, it's like, how many people am I really helping from telling my story and then I, I just kind of shifted to a place of gratefulness because now I understand that I'm here for a reason like I could not be here because there yeah. were people that I went in with who didn't make it 
Like I would go back to the hospital. You remember so and so? Yeah. Oh, he didn't make it. So now it's like it's all like coming together. Like I'm here for a reason. And once I started to realize I had purpose outside of football, the depression went away. Because I I honestly feel like we all just like we're seeking that purpose. And once we find it, now we have something bigger than ourselves to live for. You feel me? No, that's powerful, man. And um, I, I appreciate you sharing that because, and I'm glad you got over that hump or that that resistance of not sharing your story because your story is not for you. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's for someone else and to be not only your testimony, but a blessing. So that way that's that hope and that inspiration. Like, all right, if this man can get through it and he's being vulnerable and naked with me, I know I can do it too. So I'm glad that you got over that journey. Right. Now let's talk about dog culture. So yeah, let's talk about dog <laughs> culture. So, cause I feel like that this uh, dog culture uh, is a part of the work from this, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're a cancer conqueror. I've never heard that before. So a cancer conqueror. So yeah. let's talk about dog culture. How did you, you know, did you formulate this after, you know, you finished, you know, chemo and everything? Yeah. So this, it's funny how it happened. Um, and so I do, this is why I say conqueror though, because I feel like when you survive something, you still, it still has power over you because like when you survive something, that means it's bigger than you. But to me, and this is just my mindset, when you conquer something, you own it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I don't fear death. I don't fear cancer. I don't fear nothing because I believe that I'm bigger than what happened to me. And that's why I say I'm a cancer conqueror. Um, but when um, I was working at the State Department, which I still am, but so one, I just was excited to be able to pay bills. Like it was crazy. It was Thanksgiving. They like, what you thankful for? I was like, man, I get to pay bills. Like I'm, I'm alive. You know what I'm saying? I just, I'm out here. And then, but that kind of went away. Like, all right, I'm here. I made it two, three years later. Now I'm missing football. I'm missing purpose. And that's when I started bumping into people. So I was talking to my friend, uh, my man Mark, and I said, yo, I can't do this. Like, I'm sitting behind a desk. Like, this is not for me. And I started, like, applying for uh, PG police and secret yeah, service because yeah, yeah. I got friends in, in the law enforcement. And I would go and I passed the physical test, but I, like, I uh, failed a lot of detectives. I'm like, yo, I ain't no liar. But I'd be <laughs> nervous because I'm not a good liar. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if I say something, then I don't know how it works. But so my boy was like, yo, just, just make your own. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means, but you're right. Make your own. Then I apply for another one, and and I regret to inform you. And then eventually, um, when we got furloughed, I was just like writing stuff down. I said, I can't do this, and I'm like, I should just, I should just come up with something like dog. Cause I always said, like when I was young, like what's up, big dog? Like that's how I talk. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I should just like come up with something like dog. I said dog movement, a dog. So yeah. and I just kept saying it, and I wrote it down. I like scribbled it on a piece of paper. And my barber at the time, because my hair is like bald and it's crazy. So yeah. he's like an artist and he'd be blending in and he can actually paint too. So I like gave him this paper with the word dog on it. I said, yo, I think I need you to make me a logo. I'm going a, I'm to a start wearing my own clothes because yeah. I don't, because when I was at state, I had to wear slacks. I'm like, this isn't me. I'm a football player. I want to be comfortable. I said, well, I'll just make my own. And um, he, he, sent me this logo and I said yo I was like that's crazy so I said I think I think this is um what I'm going to do so 
the dog culture clothing is like one side of the business, but the like the motivational speaking is like what I'm really in love with. The clothing just runs hand in hand because I'm a yeah. football player, you know, in athletic apparel, but the culture, this is like what it stands for, is desire, attitude, will, and grind. And what I always tell people, my desire to live was bigger than that doctor that kept telling me I was going to die. I had yeah. to keep a positive attitude even when I looked in the mirror and didn't see myself. Like, I was like, I don't know who that dude is, yeah. but I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize. And I had, like, when I did the, when I did the stem cell transplant, um, quick story, I was running around the hospital that, like, before with, with my little my little uh, pulley thing with our yeah. suit, and they was like clapping me on. And when after my stem cell transplant, I couldn't move, but I had to like will myself out the bed. So I was like, I just got to get up. So that was like, you got to will yourself through whatever's like, whatever's trying to stop you, you got to will yourself to do what you said you were going to do. And then the grind was no matter how long this takes, I'm not going to quit. So I'm going to put my head down, I'm going to grind it out. And the whole culture, like, that's how it came about. So let me let me I'm gonna switch gears and let's go through. Did you watch the uh, the uh, the verses last night? Nah, I, Art Snoop DMX. I didn't even nah. I didn't see none of that. Are you a fan of either one? Um, both, but X really though. X okay okay. Because yeah. I because I was gonna ask you who who you think would have won, and a lot of people were they got mixed feelings. But you know, uh, I feel like DMX. I ain't gonna lie. I feel like uh -huh. DMX came with that with that that more grit like snoop is a is a nice little nice doberman yeah <laughs> right x, x is like that that mean tough husky yeah. pit bull you know yeah. what i mean he yeah. was he was running out of breath so you might need to highlight him you see what I'm saying? <laughs> i might need to get help him Take up that him hill, the hill. Yo, he was he was he had to sit down a lot a lot of times you see what i'm saying catching his yeah. breath but um <laughs> but uh but uh, but but i love your movement because never quit, never stop, never fold. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. it's, when I think about that, I think about my cancer journey and just for cancer survivors, it's like you, you have to put yourself in that mindset that you will never stop. You will always continue to fight and you can never fold because there's people as strong as me and you that mm -hmm. have are here today. You know what I mean? I'm two time and I had two different, you know, types of, cancer one large b-cell lymphoma which that's that's a whole nother you'll hear about that in my journey you know what i mean but the the stage four like you and and i and i just commend you because you know like yeah you were being hard-headed and we get that time at that time but you still kept you got back on track right then you did the stem cell you humbled yourself and now you see what i'm saying you have a platform that is inspirational and um, and I only commend you for, you know what I mean, definitely bringing that to light and being consistent. Because a lot of people ain't consistent, right? And, um, but I, I want to talk, uh, I want to switch gears because I like dog, but like, I like what you're doing because this is, it's a story behind this t-shirt. It says, I mean, like, I ain't never been on your hill before, you <laughs> should say, but I just want you to tell people like what you do for cancer survivors, just like myself, you know what yeah. I mean? that you just do out of the love because that's that's pretty dope that um when i i think i did national survivors day i think that's when i did the post or something okay and then you hit me on the side and when i and i'm like 
Did we go to Howard? Did we were at a party? You see what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> you were like, yo, congratulations. And I'm about to send you this shirt. What's your t-shirt size? I mean, I got the wristband. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. tell people tell people what you do for cancer survivors, man. So initially I started my company like strictly for cancer patients and cancer survivors of conquerors. Um yeah. and my wife, she she's like she's dope and she's the reason like i branched out and i'm doing all this stuff now but initially it's because i have a heart for cancer uh patients and p and their families because i understand what it does um to a family to to people like even if like you can't work and that doesn't even matter anymore all you're focusing on is living like i just need to see the next day so yeah. when i hear about people battling one i think about what I thought about and what I needed at the time. Yeah. And one thing I know I needed was a support system other than my family, as weird as it might sound. My family, of course they were there for me and I love them for it, but I was so angry that I didn't like, I didn't receive, I didn't receive their like love. I just was like, yo, don't talk to me. Like, you don't yeah. understand. And, and I, I really clicked with my nurses because I yeah. felt like they understood me. Because everybody else was just like they would treat me a little different. Like you okay? They all right. right. So now, like I come from a place of all right, I see what you're going through, and what I needed was, um, I needed the support system, and I needed somebody who knew what I was going through. So yeah. because I can relate, I want to reach out to let you know you're not by yourself. Because I've been there, and if you have any questions, I am here. And yeah. if you want to talk any hour, I don't care what time it is. Because I was yeah. up three, four o'clock in the morning. When nobody talking. I, I give people my information like, yo, just hit me. I'm here. I'll wake up. I'll talk to you, yeah. whatever you need. So when I see people that's going through it, I just want to send them a dog culture t-shirt to let them know, yo, you're strong enough. Because yeah. I have people who battle cancer. And once I send them the shirt, they would take a picture in chemo with their shirt on. They were like, I wear this shirt every single time because it lets me know how strong I am. And I do got that dog in me. So what I do for cancer patients and cancer survivors like, I literally connect with them because I feel like we're family. And yeah. if you need something, like if you don't have anybody, just know I got you. Regardless, I got you because I needed that for me, you know? So, yeah. That's no, and, and, and that's dope, man, because like I getting the shirt, like, of course, you know, people hit you and be like, all right, send me when, but when I got it, I knew that, you know what I mean? It was already a connection. We already have a connection because we're survivors. Right. Mm -hmm. But like it, it motivated me not only to you know go to your page but to kind of see what you were about you know because i i'm a firm believer that we as cancer survivors you may call us conquerors you see what i'm saying yeah, yeah, i feel yeah. like we superheroes man you know we're we're superheroes and and we that you won't know unless we you know bring out that superman and tell you <laughs> you see what i'm right. saying we just you know whether you're a superman whether you're a wonder woman whether yeah. you know what i mean you iron man whatever it is or if you're a dog you see what mm. i'm saying like, um, we are here for a reason. Mm. And I'm glad that you are paving the way and, and sending the elevator down to inspire people to rise up to the occasion, man, because that's that's monumental, man. It's monumental. And so um, since you exercise football, I want to ask you about some myths, man. So I want to ask you some myths about exercise because, you yeah. know, like, you know, some people need to know these things, man. So. Is it, you know, stretching before you work out? Is it necessary? Is that like, that you're supposed to do that? What, what, do you, what do you think about that? So 
if you're young, you can get away with it. Okay. Um, when you get a little older, you might want to take care of your body. And me personally, I still don't stretch. And I hurt myself at times, but yeah. I feel like, like I ain't got time for that. I just want to get into it. But then when you start like hurting some things, you're going to take some time and really take care of your body. And I know I need to, because if you want to do it for a long time, you got to preserve the body. So right. stretching is important. But when you're young, you ain't, gotta, you ain't really got to stress. You just don't like to listen, man. You like to do it your way, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Okay, running versus walking. Which is better? They, they say, you know what I mean, running is better than walking. Is that true? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, walking is cool, but eventually I think you should pick up the pace a bit. You know? Yeah. Now, I Walk, okay. I know the answer to this, but they say, man, I got the flu. I'm sick. I can't work out. Is that a, is that a myth? Because you're sick, you can't work out? Nah, dog. So when I get sick, I go right to the work. I go right to the gym. Let me sweat the gym out. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you get yeah. sick, I think it helps. Like, you sweat it out, you feel better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about exercise weights are better than free weights? Well, like the machines? The machine weights. The machine weights are better than free weights. Nope. Because the free weights, they, like, you got to use your stabilizers and your core to, to control the, I, the, the free weights, you be, I believe you get more out of it. And okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, okay. it's, it's work, but it ain't work. So basically, all these people that are buying all these, you know, uh, these resistance bands and all this other stuff, if you could get to a gym, get to a gym. But right now, because we're in COVID. You know. The resistance bands are good, though. Like, it's, okay. it's a time and a place for everything. But, like, okay. if you're trying, you know what I'm saying, yeah. going to the jungle, you need to go in the jungle. <laughs> with the apes, like, yeah, the gorillas, yeah. So, wait around. Right. So, you know, they say abs are not made in the gym, but they're made in the kitchen. So, sure. is dieting better than exercising? Because, you know, I know some people... They run in every day, and they still look the same, bro. Mm, yeah, because uh, they, and I don't, I don't know them, but if you run in and you want to still eat the food that you shouldn't be eating, like the cheeseburgers every day, they kind of like balances it out. Like if I run, I can eat a burger, and I don't yeah. change. But if you take your diet serious and your workout serious, you'll see a definite change. Yeah. But I think they run hand in hand, definitely. So. It, and I'm, this is a this is kind of like the last one. So, what about? I actually I got two more. If you sweat, and that means you out of shape, is that true? Oh, nah. That means you getting it in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that I, so I ain't gonna lie though. So sometimes I'll be feeling like, man, you know, like I'm sweating hard and I'm I'm struggling a little bit because I I run up hills. I do I do hills. You should yeah. That's that's that resistance coming towards me. But um, you yeah. know. Um, and then last but not least, are crunches the best for your core? Is that the only way you're going to get the, you know, the six-pack or, you know what I mean? I, honestly, I think uh, I sprint. And okay. why does this kept, spr kept sprinting helps your core? But I do think, like, if you – I mean, if you're not eating right, you can crunch all you want. And <laughs> oh, you're going to have <laughs> – you've you seen the people with the muscles over the belly? You're gonna get that. But I feel like you diet and right, crunches, uh, ups, that's 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 good. Yeah. Oh man, yo. <laughs> well, thank you for clearing up some of those myths, man. You know, yeah. Um, as we start to, you know, wrap up, man, um, 
positive deposits is is built on you know transforming minds to change lives and so i want you to just tell those those survivors those mm -hmm. recently diagnosed patients three up to three if you can three positive deposits that have helped them get through what they're going through mm, i I'm, i got four of them for you okay even better um desire attitude will and grind um <laughs> but out of all of that is one thing that matters. And the only thing that matters is your truth. And you have to, you have to, you have to fall in love with your truth to the point where nobody can tell you that it's not true. Mm. And, and this is what I mean by that. Like your name is your name. If somebody walks up to me and calls me Eric, I won't answer because yeah. I know what my name is. So yeah. for my, when my dogs is battling cancer, you got to know that you're healed. And this does not define, like this will not stop me. If yeah. you put that in your mind and said, my truth is I am, I will defeat cancer. No yeah. matter what news you hear, it won't affect you because you know, which like you hold your truth high. This is yep. what it is. Like you can tell me, you can tell me I'm going to die. You can tell me everything you want, but as long as I believe in my truth, I'm going to be okay. That's the number one thing. And the desire, attitude, will, and grind, that's going to see you through the process. But above all, your truth has to be bigger than the facts. The facts are, in stage four cancer, when the chemo don't work, you're going to die in a couple months. The facts are, uh, you stopped taking the chemo, and when you came back, it wasn't going to work, and, and yeah. you're not going to make it. Like, the facts don't mean anything. Because yeah. the facts is somebody else's experience. So when your truth, like... <laughs> <laughs> now because what i'm like people think because this is how it's been yeah it has to be the same for me right but what about the people that create new things what about the people who break records like it it can be done you just yeah. have to believe it you feel exactly. me and exactly. yeah so believe your truth over the facts man that's powerful and you know i just want to say thank you man thank you for coming on and um not only sharing your story but your testimony and and your truth it's your yeah. truth man and yeah. i i appreciate you i applaud you as a, a stage four hoskins lymphoma conqueror i'm gonna start using that conqueror yeah, uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so uh if folks want to follow you man and and, and you know kind of get up that hill how can they they reach you man how can they reach you uh i'm on instagram at dog d-a-w-g underscore culture the same thing on twitter okay. um, and Facebook, Dog Culture LLC. And yeah. then I have my own page where okay. I, I do my speaking. They kind of run hand in hand. Yeah. And on both Twitter and Instagram is at Gundog CEO. G-U-N-N-D-A-W-G-C-E-O. Well, see, well, you know where to find him. He has some great motivational speaking videos, man. And if you want to get up on that hill, you got to get up at 5 a.m. I will yeah. definitely be up at 5 a.m. Yeah. sometime this week or next week. So you hold me to it. Hold oh, me to it um, because I'm going to run up hill and run up the alley. You know what I mean? Run up the alley. And, um, and so, um, you know, you're, 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 you're tuning into Positive Deposits where we transform minds and change lives. We, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Mm. Yeah, we, we all, those are the four. You know right. what I mean? Um, and, and definitely donate to this cause. This, without your, your support, 
on positivedeposits.org, we can't make this happen. And so uh, me and Dog Culture, we're going to be doing positive deposits and Dog Culture is definitely going to do some big things. And, I love it. And, and Mike, man, I appreciate you, man. And um, until next time, signing yeah, off. I appreciate you having me, brother.